Welcome to Above the Garage. Hi, friends. Welcome to our discussion of the penultimate episode of Succession. This episode is entitled Church and State. I cannot believe it's the final penultimate episode of the show. What an episode, though. Let's do our round of introductions and dive in. Hi, I'm Violet. Hi, I'm Kimberly. And I'm Kate. Again, this episode is called Church and State, and it was written by Jesse Armstrong and directed by Mark Mylod. So it is amazing, of course. It's ironic, too, with the episode titled Church and State, that in this episode, they're not like remotely separated, that Logan's funeral is is just as much, if not more, about the power players making deals as it is about him. Clever. Anyway, the episode opens in Shiv's apartment, where we learn there's a lot of unrest after the election yesterday. As expected, Jimenez is trying to prevent the certification of the election results until the absentee ballots are all tallied and his supporters are protesting outside ATN's office. And then Shiv's apartment very smoothly turns into Roman's apartment, like in a dream, where Roman is practicing his speech. And I told Dave when we were watching it, I was like, well, that's a sure sign his speech isn't going to happen. We're not going to hear it twice. The view from his apartment, you guys, man. Yeah. Isn't it incredible? Epic. Rich people. Problems. Rich people. One completely off-topic thing that I read about rich people yesterday that apparently Kieran said in some interview was that like they're so rich that they don't actually have to wear coats or jackets because their life is such that like a helicopter takes them to a limo that takes them to the, you know, wherever they're going, that they're like literally not ever, they don't have to walk. They're never outside. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. It's very funny. That makes the ending really interesting too, when he like chooses not to get in the car. Yeah. I guess I need to be rich, though, because I really don't like coats, so <laughs> I'll work towards that goal. Romans was, like, so up his own ass in this scene as well. He was like, and don't I perhaps remind you of him just a little, like, talking about Logan and, like, yeah, I was like, man, you need to, like, step down a minute. Something's gonna bring it down. Yeah, something's gonna happen to you. <laughs> you know he's fucked when you see that. That was his voiceover in the preview, too, so you kind of, you kind of knew what was coming this episode. Can't really maintain that attitude successfully. Especially because he did last episode. Yeah, it was too far. I love the way it kind of like flowed. I mean, they do that so well through his apartment. And then, you know, he's checking himself in the mirror and stuff. And then he's like, oh, it's dry, like about his face. And then he went and put lotion on and stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> while he's like t- yeah. practicing. I like how they did the apartment switch too, because I thought at first I thought Roman was like at Shib's apartment. I was like, oh, they made up quickly. Yeah. yeah. When I was writing my notes, I was like Roman and Shib. And then I like backspace, like, wait, no, it's just Shib. And then it's Roman. <laughs> yeah. It's just a very smooth transition from one to the other because I was wondering why they were in each other's apartment and that was my brain I was like what but then I mean I still have that same question for like the whole rest of the episode we can talk about it later but they're very forgiving siblings because my brother and I would not be riding together in a car after yesterday if if it was us I mean it's it's also just like the number of times that they've done each other dirty it's like that's just a Tuesday like yeah. they, they do that constantly to each other so they're used to it which is insane yeah it's just the expectations are so low or crazy and then Kendall calls Roman Kendall's in a car where they like to put him and it seems he at least has some regrets from last night he wants Roman to ask Minkin to turn the volume down on the whole you know country on fire thing but unfortunately for him discord makes Rome's dick hard he really cracked himself up with that one and then Rava calls Kendall as he's watching offices getting boarded up to break the news that she's taking the kids upstate instead of to their grandfather's funeral she doesn't feel safe and she's being a good mom 
Kendall hangs up on her and redirects his driver to find Rava and the children. Get there in three minutes. I'll pay all the fines and the (laughs) violations and everything. Like, just figure out how to get there in three minutes. I was like, this is just so typical. And he does it again later. Like, typical Ken just, like, asking for completely insane things and being like, just figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. I was, like, back in episode three when he was like, I want the world expert on, like, airplane medicine. And I don't know. He listed, like, 10 crazy people for just to get immediately in the next two minutes on the phone. Exactly. And Ship's once again trying to get Matson to release his fucked up numbers because the world is on fire. Nobody's going to care. And today is definitely the best day to do that, that she's suggested by far. Though I did enjoy Matson's line. I don't know. Maybe if you have a little dicky, you don't go to the nudist speech. <laughs> I also enjoy how he says words like Botswana. I think he has one of my favorite accents. <laughs> I do love the way he pronounces things. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down, uh, no one is checking the dicks. Which is what Shiv's comeback is to him saying. Yeah. <laughs> There's just been a tsunami at the beach. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he takes her advice for once this episode. I'm surprised because he never promised her anything. I mean, it works out for her this episode, but I'm still surprised that she's aligned herself with him without any promises. But it works out. So, yay. Way to go, Shiv. Uh, Kindle pulls up to Rava. Seems like right before she leaves and makes quite the scene. He's hysterically accusing her of hysterical bullshit. Tells her she's too online. She's lost context. And then he tries to get the kids to open the car door, but they won't open the car door for him either. And he finally tells Rava he's going to go to court to get a court order to stop her from leaving the city. You know, it's just like so ridiculous. As if he had time for that, as if he had a judge for that, as if anything, right? It's so over the top, Kendall. Twice within a couple of minutes, he's saying something that's completely insane like it's so many levels out of the realm of possibility beyond reality yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but he says it as if it's fully yeah within his 100 happening right it's also like when he says he's gonna throw himself on the floor and not move they'll have to run him over and like literally two seconds later he doesn't do it he just he doesn't do it, it. yeah <laughs> i was like well that was stupid and that is kind of how Rava reacts to everything he says, too. She's like, I know you're not really going to do that. Or if you do, it's yeah. not going to matter. Like, I know that you're just being hysterical. Right. I am surprised he didn't at least, like, sit on the hood or something for a moment. But, yeah, I thought it was funny, too, that he, like, threatens it and then immediately does not do it. So I guess he does know to some extent that he's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'd get out of that city as well. It seems like it's just yeah. everyone going crazy. Like, why would you want to stay, especially, like, with kids you know right she's being a really good mom like you feel unsafe go with your gut don't yeah Mm -hmm. make yourself comfortable yeah it's obviously could be a target too right very public funeral of yeah and kendall's ex-wife right so no she's doing the right thing by getting fucked out of there at first i was kind of like i hope something happens to prove that she's right you know like in the episode right but then I was like, actually, I kind of hope it doesn't just because then it's like, you don't need that to happen to prove that she was making a good choice. That it was unsafe. Yeah. Like, it's almost better. It's like, it's like he right. should have trusted her instincts and let her do what she felt was right for their kids, regardless. Respect her choice. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Back at ATN headquarters, Tom has a paper in his hands that has published the timeline of the controversial ATN call. And I died when I zoomed in and saw it had Darwin injures eye at critical time on timeline in the paper. 
That's so funny. Oh yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> oh my god. I want that paper. I wish I could have it. I wish there was like maybe like a lemon emoji like next to it. Like... I know. <laughs> that's what I said. I just wish there was a little more detail on yeah. the manner of the in- injury. <laughs> A little sushi emoji and a little lemon emoji next to each other. Oh, yeah, sushi. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasabi, right? Uh, too funny. Anyway, and Tom wants to know where they got all these very exact details. And Greg said, well, you know, a lot of people don't want to go to The Hague for war crimes. So probably from Greg. And Tom just wants a dacha. Greg just wants to go to the funeral. He He just wants to grieve. Tom's supposed to be a pallbearer, we find out, but he's not going. And surprisingly, he lets Greg go with the order to tell the Minkin team that he made the call. And uh, I thought it was kind of cute that he advises Greg on his best way to get there on his way out the door, because good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Like his mom, right? (laughs) He he calls being a pallbearer a casket wheelman, which... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really got me. Yeah, because that's what Greg says later to Shiv. Like he says, yeah, uh, yeah. Is that like a term or is that just a made up thing that they were talking about? I think they made it up. Yeah, okay. Not one that I've heard. And now we have the happy trio in the car together. I, this is what I referenced a little earlier. This is going to sound like a weird thing to say about these people, but Jesus, these siblings are really forgiving of each other. I would not be riding in a car with my brother after the events of yesterday, dad's funeral or not, but. Like you said, Violet. The flip side of that is that we would never fuck each other over like that. So I guess expectations come into play in the forgiveness here. Yeah, Yeah. it'd be a much bigger betrayal in a family that doesn't routinely do that, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I guess I can't think of it that way. And then Shiv and Roman go at it a little about their traitorous alliances. And Kendall, who's really sad in the back, tells them about Robin and the kids. And Shiv and Roman are nice and seem genuinely sad for him. And Roman asks if they got mom's invite for Caribbean air clear. After which, Shiv breaks the baby news. And it's cute how uncomfortable she is, like, trying to, like, get it out initially. She's like, uh, just, like, hard to share that vulnerable news with her brothers, but... She probably knew that Roman was gonna just be a disgusting little twat (laughs) after that. He's so gross. It was. But she might have been, like, she might have felt more awkward if he wasn't, if he acted, like, nice or something. And then Kendall, I like when Kendall, like, he says nice things, and then he's like, uh, which Shiv correctly translates as the question, is it Tom's? <laughs> like, yeah. he doesn't even have to say a word about it, which makes Roman laugh, and then Roman sets in with the incest jokes, uh, jerking off, he sees her breastfeeding, yeah, I agree, Kimberly, that's a little much, even for Roman. That was just too, like, yeah, just the time, just a, just a little, little step over. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he gets extra sexually disgusting when he's nervous or yes. like about to have like mm-hmm. a breakdown or something. You're right. Cause like, yeah. yeah, even when he was going up on stage, not that this was extra gross, mm-hmm. but he, he had to say <laughs> yeah. something about like Marsha on the way up. Right. Yeah. Cause that's his defense mechanism. Yeah, it's true. And Roman was so mean as well. Like he says, I thought you'd just been eating your feelings. I was like, ooh, <laughs> what an asshole. I, for some reason, that didn't bother me like at all. But I think it's just. Well, because the disgusting sexual stuff probably was worse. Probably. Yeah, that was just my full <laughs> focus of disgust was there. It's funny, though. Like I watched it a couple of times just because I like watching people like get big news like that. Like watching the brothers be actually like very stunned at first. Kendall just kind of like blinks and like turns his head a little different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny. Roman has like a very similar reaction because they're like entire like world just altered dramatically. Right. Mm-hmm. Their sister pregnant when I don't know. She doesn't seem the pregnant type. Right. No. 
And Jess calls. She's scared, too, before a bunch of protesters start banging on the kid car. If only they looked to see who was inside, but they didn't. And Jess drops a pen so they can get to her. So she was at the church. I think she was a few blocks away, and she was trying to get them to stop where she was so that they could walk the remaining mm. distance and not... It was a safer place. Yeah. Gotcha. Because there's, like, a January 6th-style march coming their way. Yeah. Right? Is that the part where she said there's, like, a march coming from the park? Yeah, that, and I guess they, they couldn't continue driving that way because it was completely blocked by traffic. Good luck, yeah. Okay, when they get out, Kendall tells her he's going to go for custody of the kids, which is, like, completely laughable, and I assume he will yeah. snap out of that by tomorrow. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just such a Kendall move, right? Mm-hmm. As as he's getting out, too, Roman says um, Roman says to Kendall, glasses, that's smart, cry in secret. That made me laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he puts his sunglasses on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could win the funeral. Yeah. You should have handed Roman sunglasses later on. Yeah, and then he sees this meeting with Jess when he's looking for time to schedule the custody hearing and it's fairly obvious immediately that she's quitting it seems like in part because minkin but kendall sees it as a betrayal jess is the one person that stuck by him since the beginning i'm proud of her i mean i'm proud of her for leaving yeah so he calls her some lovely things like dumb and then he gives her shit about her timing which is kind of funny because she was obviously trying not to do it today and he was yeah demanding <laughs> it of her i feel like definitely partly because of Mankin, because like we don't really see that much of jess but we saw that little scene with her and greg you know last episode where they were yeah mm-hmm. Kind of like she she seemed very anxious. Stunned in the hallway. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Pushed her over the edge for sure. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing that I noted was that first he like bumps her meeting. Like it's not important meeting with her. Yeah. He's like, oh, move that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Before it dawns on him that, you know, he wants to demand to know what it is about. And she mm-hmm. handles it really well. I was really proud of how she mm-hmm. like stood her ground. She almost got got through the whole thing without saying sorry you know i feel like naturally we all apologize more than we should just comes out Mm -hmm. instinctively and she avoided that for the most part and then when she finally like did he's like well if you're sorry then just don't do it Mm -hmm. but yeah she was really good at standing her ground i was proud of her yeah the you're being fucking dumb when he said that to her i was like he sounds so much like a child yeah that's something that i don't know if shiv does it but obviously both roman and kindle do this spiral into like childhood speak and yelling at people Mm -hmm. yeah as he's walking off after he says the nice timing thing he puts his sunglasses on again and it's like it's it literally seems impossible how fast he puts them on (laughs) he's just like angrily like really (laughs) on his face yeah you should watch it again because i was like what (laughs) i will how do you aim that perfectly for your face without like hitting yourself in the eye with your sunglasses right (laughs) yeah so i watch this like at night when it comes out sunday night when it comes out and then in the morning is when i take like the notes and that's like a slower watch but this is one of the episodes that i'm like gonna really enjoy watching again because everybody in it is just fucking amazing and their performances yeah and anytime there's a big scene like the funeral where there are so many people there it's like what you were saying before about the car where you want to go back and watch each person through the whole scene yeah their reactions yeah right and they did it initially as one take as my lot likes to do they did one like full take all the way through so you know that everybody is being like good in character like you said and i would like to go back and watch all of them yeah definitely and, you know, so walking off, we see, like, Kendall's Kendall's on a real low. But that's usually what he, that usually bodes well for him. When our expectations of him are at our lowest. And he does, once again. 
And then on the way into the funeral, up the steps, Hugo tells Kendall that Matson finally took Shiv's advice and that it worked. The numbers problem for Gojo is becoming a non-issue. Shiv's telling Connor and Willa that he can't speak because lawsuits. And then Roman and Kendall are dividing up the board members as a safety net, which is a good idea by Roman. As Marsha arrives and Roman fantasizes about fucking her own dad's coffin, which is a lovely image. (laughs) I really want to know what Connor's um, speech was going to be like. I know. What would be opening up them up to, like, legal action? I have to assume it was similar to his concession speech, which just, like, kind of, like, started out okay and then went crazy. Yeah. I just remember thinking, oh, Jesus. So I assume it would have been, like, some political nonsense. But, <laughs> but yeah, I was surprised, too, when everything, like, unravels with Roman that like, Connor wasn't like, hey, I have this fucking speech ready, you know? Yeah. Seems like Connor would have insisted to go up there then, but... Exactly. I'm glad it worked out the way that it did. Maybe Connor was also just kind of stunned by Roman's breakdown and stuff. Yeah. And then my favorite image of the episode was giant Greg on a city bike, like, pedaling away to the funeral as fast as he can. (laughs) It's so funny. I wish that I could have seen that being filmed. That was so cute. (laughs) He's so tall. It would have been really notable, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it would have been funny. It's good that he took Tom's advice. Not driving. Yeah. And I was waiting so long for them to, like, click the numbers. I'm glad that they did it already. And when I say so long, it's literally been a day. So it actually hasn't been that long. I was just waiting for it. (laughs) I was like, leak the numbers already. Come on, get to it. It's crazy to think that all this is like 10 days this whole season. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is crazy. I love that they did it that way. But it's really funny to think about. It's really interesting to me about Greg, too, that like he still has his roots of being like a struggling person. (laughs) You know, like he's still okay with riding a bike through the city. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> to get somewhere like it's he's like this kind of turning into the rich asshole but still where he comes from is somebody that's just kind of like stumbling through life so yeah. right he still has both of those things the roys wouldn't like no matter how late they are they wouldn't have run on a bike in fact no Kendall was so late for that one meeting earlier in the show that literally like was the most important meeting he had to be at in the entire show oh my god he should have got a motorcycle or something i just realized he could have got something you can't just like stealing a motorcycle is a, a lot different than just grabbing a bike that's available on the street kimberly but yes but he totally could have <laughs> called his one of his he's rich like hello you got a motorcycle for rent yeah it, yeah airdrop one airdrop this motorcycle <laughs> yeah directly in front of me yeah. not a video game <laughs> <laughs> but he could have ridden a bike. But you're right, though. Like, he could have done something. He could have gotten out and run. He could have, yeah, gotten a scooter from the side of the road, like something. Like, But he's too cool, right? Yeah. A hoverboard, like. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> a hoverboard. <laughs> a jetpack. I like this movie, Kimberly, but. <laughs> jetpack. <laughs> jetpack. So why didn't that ever work out? All right. Back at the funeral. Sandy and her dad are here. Turns out dad does not always smile like that. No. He was just happy Logan died in episode four. Yeah. Which I suspected, but I enjoyed the proof. And Kendall says there's so many fucking money changers in the temple. Roman starts with Sandy, then he moves on to Frank. But he's actually trying to shore them up for him to lead without Kendall. Frank's hmm, response, I guess, made it clear he's not going to be part of Roman's posse. Was that your take? He's like, oh, okay. I also think because he said, like, Roman said something like, in case Kendall has lost his stomach for the fight. And Frank, yeah, Frank was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was kind of telling him there as well that, yeah, Kendall is thinking about maybe other things as well, but also I'm not answering you because 
I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many conversations that take place in like rooms. I think there were like several pieces of information that probably he was responding to because obviously then wanting to kill the deal, like Frank doesn't want that probably. Like he just wants to right get the money, the golden parachute. Continue on the path and get the money. And yeah, exactly. So like there's that. And yeah, I actually went back and watched that a couple of times because I was a little bit like, which part of that is Roman? Because then Roman's like, oh, like he realized, oh, Right. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be able to get through to you, basically. Or you're not going to be on my side. Or Yeah, he picks that up quickly. I'm surprised he thought he was going to be. Like, Roman's hated Frank and been such a mean little bastard to him, like, since the first episode. <laughs> but yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. I like Frank. Like, he's always, like, there to kind of, like, be a real dad to them. Not that they took him up on it, but... yeah. I love Frank too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if anything's going to happen of the Frank thing where Kendall in episode eight was like, he wants to buy Gojo instead of Gojo buying them to Frank, remember? I don't know if anything's going to happen with that. Oh, right. It doesn't seem like they're going to try that angle with an hour and a half left, but maybe. Who knows? Yeah, it hasn't come up again <laughs> So Greg makes it to the funeral. He comes running in after Minkin and his people walk in and... Greg manages to eke out a sad day before he asks Roman for a Minkin intro. Roman tells him if he keeps you in from speaking, he'll make the intro. Nice trade. <laughs> Greg is happy. Roman makes like this sound of disgust as he walks off. Greg is also a very sweaty egg. Yes. <laughs> from riding the bike so hard. Sweaty, sweaty egg. Yeah. There's a lot of moisture on faces in this episode, I noticed. <laughs> But I don't know what, like, as we see later, I don't know what they expected Greg to do, short of, like, locking him in a broom closet or something. Like, there's just literally no power. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I like when Roman is describing what Ewan might do, and he says if he starts unfurling a banner. (laughs) It was really funny. (laughs) And it, like, really paints these images in your head. Um, Yeah, I was, like, imagining him holding up, like, a handmade banner in front of the the church. Exactly. The height difference between Roman and Greg is also incredible. Like, yeah. <laughs> it must have been kind of complicated to shoot, too, because, like, a lot of the time, you know, they put people on blocks or whatever. So they, yeah, l- <laughs> lessen the height difference to make it easier. But they, like, really emphasized it in the scene where you could tell, like, probably, yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah. real height difference. Yeah. Which was cool, but probably hard to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the old guard are having a little huddle and Jerry asks how glad they are that he's gone. And when Carl says that he misses him, she's like, oh, that's just the Stockholm syndrome mixed with a little China syndrome. Jerry's like not fucking around anymore. It's no. kind of interesting, her attitude now. Yeah, it's kind of great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I love Jerry. Yeah. Another thing I love about this episode is there are so many great lines like Shiv when she sees her mom. Thought I could hear the sound of Dalmatians howling. <laughs> Obsessed with that line. So good. It's brilliant. She does have a Cruella de Vil. I also thought Shiv's like outfit reminded me a little of Cruella de Vil. I don't know why. Perhaps aptly as she's planning to parent like her mom. Mm. Anyway, Shiv doesn't have to actually make the pregnancy announcement. They do all that without yeah. any re- actual real words. She's Her mom's like, are you okay? I mean, first she just like looks her over and she's like, oh. Yeah, she knew. Yeah, she knew like for, as soon as she looked at her properly. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. But I like the, the question, are you okay? He is uh, what's a strange way to, to address it. And then she's like, blimey, well, I never, well, well. <laughs> And then Shiv says, thank you. So that was their whole conversation. No actual sentences. 
Mommy's hurt Shivy didn't tell her before, which gives Shiv a great opportunity to ship her. I have to be careful with the information I give you. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Did you guys catch Caroline's husband announcing daddy's here? Yes, it was so gross. At their dad's funeral? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, dude, calm down. Um, the balls required for that. And then he just immediately excuses himself. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's an amazing thing to say. And Caroline had already told them that he was very excited. She thinks he brought his autograph book for all these senators. <laughs> what a douche. Shiv sees Matt's and it makes a beeline for him to request and receive her praise for the numbers, for outing the numbers today. And then they talk Minkin strategy. Shiv suggests they offer Minkin an American CEO, one that she knows well. She <laughs> even calls herself Matson's puppet, which must have been hard to swallow. And like any good man, he suggests she can't do the job because she's pregnant. But Shiv promises to be a shitty mom, so no problem there. And then Matson's final concern is the whole Minkin Shiv Haiti Haiti thing, which <laughs> assures him she can fix. I really liked um, Alexander's, like we were talking earlier, the way he's delivering his lines, like especially when he's like, he said that she's pregnant and he went. <laughs> and then Shiv's line where she's like, she's one of those hard bitches, right, who's going to do 36 hours of maternity leave, um, uh-huh. emailing through a vanity cesarean. Poor kid will never see it. I could see that happening. <laughs> I know, me too. The vanity cesarean really got me. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> she just like, I could just imagine her like filing her nails while they're like. <laughs> yeah. Scheduling it. Right. And doing the C-section. She's like on her laptops, like on her, like while she's. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Hardly could see that happening. I could too. And what I can't really see is her being a good mom, unfortunately. I hate. I'm sorry, Shiv. No. But I hope that I'm wrong. Maybe she'll be able to hire an amazing mom for the kid, though. Yeah. I mean, that's their that's their best bet. So The best nanny mom. Because, like, oh, yeah, because Mondale. Like, we've seen her be a caretaker of someone, and she doesn't give a shit about Mondale. Later in the episode, when she's, like, go to the apartment, I was sad that she was staying in the apartment instead of him because of the dog. It's just not fair. The dog, like, upsets me on a regular basis. Yeah, poor Monday. Although they probably also have, like, a really well-paid dog walker. Yeah, full-time dog care. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But that dog has to stay in the apartment with her... Or them not, you know. Yeah. I still think it's a shitty life, but yes, I'm sure that it gets walked. And... It's definitely shitty. But that's the best bet, like you said. It's the best bet that they found, like, the best possible person to do the job they should be doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. This next part is, like, one of my favorite parts of the whole episode. I know! It was so unexpected and amazing. I love this scene so much. It's so good. I do, too. So good. Yeah. So Caroline then shocks all of us as she goes to get Carrie to sit in the front row with the wives and mistresses. And it's totally shocked me and it shocked Carrie too. Yeah. Zoe Winter is so good in this because you can tell she's shocked. She's got that chuckles the clown smile on again for like a minute. Just like this huge. And then she starts acting super awkward. Yeah. Like talking a lot, doing a nervous thing until Caroline introduces her to her Carrie, whose name is Sally Ann. And then they all sit together. I love that. It was super. And then Marsha puts her hand on Carrie's. Yeah. She's doing like the best like crying, trying not to cry thing. Like her acting there is incredible, I think. Yeah. It was just such a funny, good scene and caroline delighted that logan would be like furious yeah yeah that they were all together yeah that was very sweet obviously caroline 
a complete bitch, but I actually really liked her this episode. Right. Especially in this scene. Yeah. I just love when she was just like, it's water under the bridge, like, whatever, like, yeah, mistresses. We both had mistresses, let's let go of it. I thought it was, uh, the only thing off about it was the implication that he only had one mistress per wife. Oh, yeah, totally. But I think that that's probably far from the truth. Just the main ones. <laughs> the main one, right, yeah. He's had plenty more people. Yeah. Funeral's about to start, so Greg calls Tom. Obviously, Tom's not going to make it. He's got to make the call. So Greg's probably quite excited. He goes to break the news to Shiv. They're down a wheelman. <laughs> and Peter's quick to volunteer to fill in. And Greg gets maybe his only positive feedback from his cousin when she tells him yes and stepdaddy an emphatic no. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> she likes him more than one person in the world. I loved that. Yes, no. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's great. <laughs> Um, and he just fucked her like yesterday. So True. I'm surprised he would even ask her for the gig, but I was really happy for him that she likes him more than Peter. Yeah. Honestly, fucking each other over is kind of like a rite of passage with this family, right? So maybe she's like, all right. You're right. Might be how they show affection. He's now moved closer to my circle because he fucked me over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I respect him, right? Yeah. When Greg walks up to Matson, Matson says, Hey, sexy. And then Greg says, Oh, that's very kind. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. And I feel like, did you did you get the vibe that like Matson, like when he said, Hey, sexy, he like looked Greg up and down a little bit. Like I feel like he was looking at his chest and then he looked up again. <laughs> I mean, they had a wild night together, so who knows what happened, right? Yeah. yeah. Like two nights ago. Exactly. But yeah, I could see him swinging both ways. Yeah. Anyway, it's showtime, and Greg has got a lead role in the procession. Good job, Greg. And Ewan is looking quite dapper. I love that jacket on him. It's like the best costuming. Perfect funeral outfit for him. As everybody sits for the eulogy, and we're expecting Roman to get up, which he does, Ewan also rises, and Shiv and Greg like panic and make a scene in the front trying to get him not to talk, which looks terrible, and they give up, and he's just like, I'm going to speak. <laughs> And the kids are like mad at Greg, but Greg points out, well, what did you want me to do? Take his legs out? <laughs> yeah. I feel like Greg is very intimidated by him. Yeah. He, there's no way he never would have been able, if Roman really wanted, like he should have got someone else. Maybe Colin. Like <laughs> Colin might have been able to do it. There you go. Colin could do it. And he's got some time on his hands. And did you, did you notice that Matson gave Kendall like the most evil look when they were walking down, like with the casket, like the kids were walking behind? Like Matson's look on Kendall was like really ominous. <laughs> no, I missed it. See, this is what I mean. I gotta go back and watch all these looks. Mm-hmm. Also, was there four Wheelman people? Because I did notice that there was someone behind, because there was Greg, you, and Frank, and Carl, right? But then I did notice there was another person like in front of the kid oh i'm surprised colin wasn't oh yeah, yeah. that's messed up that's me that's crazy yeah that's really surprising poor colin gets shafted uh so you would start out by pointing out how awful it is to try to stop a brother from speaking at the funeral for the sake of a share price it was really bad call to try to get him not to speak after he'd gotten up there's nothing you can do about it at that point and you and speech is great i loved you and speech it's amazing yeah yeah, it's like one of my favorite parts of the episode. Same. Mm-hmm. He starts out telling us a few nuggets we're all desperate for of Logan's backstory. He tells a tale of two kids drifting in the ocean for three days, scared to move a muscle or make a sound. Obviously a very traumatic and formative event in their lives. 
and that they were like only speaking with their eyes, which must have formed like a really deep connection early in life between the two of them. Yeah. Which is the point of the story. And then he tells us why Logan blames himself for Rose's death. He thinks he gave her polio, which she obviously died from, and his aunt and uncle never tried to make him feel any differently or better about it mm-hmm. and presumably his uncle also beat him because didn't we see scars on his back in one episode oh yeah we did um and i think you and what do you call him in the beginning like a character a real character mm-hmm. it's just so sad to watch it like get passed from generation to generation exactly roman seems really shocked and like moved by the stories yeah when they, yeah. Pass, when they show his face and it's like well he was abused by his dad too so it's almost like kind of an explanation for all of it like even though right. there's no excuse it was sort of just interesting him hearing like oh my dad was like logan was abused too yeah, yeah. he seemed very moved by that it at least explains a little bit right mm-hmm. like he'd never heard those stories before which was interesting right yeah i think these stories were really like touching that he told mm-hmm. them before he gets on with what the kids were like yeah scared of it was funny too because like the kids were like you could see the kids were like oh damn like he's the speech is going really good like he's being gonna be yeah. good yeah 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 and then, <laughs> then like as he starts like keeps on their laugh fuck like oh man yeah <laughs> You literally see them, like, do that. But that probably also, like, the setup of him telling really nice stories, like, that probably also helped them, like, not stop it. Like, I mean, at that point, they couldn't stop him anyway, but, (laughs) like, they seemed less probably aggravated and, like... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was just so honest. Yeah, it was very... Yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, that's what made it so much better is how honest he was yeah about the early part but then also that you know he hated who he became and mm-hmm. yeah because so then he moves on to the rest of his life and you see that i forget what the line was but there was you know a line that he delivered when the kids realized okay this is where this is going you can see them upset by the direction it's about to take but this was his experience with his brother he says he loved him but he was terrible for the world i think the most fitting quote is that he fed the dark flame in men the hard mean hard relenting flame that keeps their hearts warm while another goes cold (laughs) throughout the speech greg keeps looking over at roman to gauge like just how furious he is at him (laughs) and (laughs) yeah Ewan ends his speech by saying maybe he has a meagerness about him too, but he tries. He doesn't know when Logan decided to stop trying, but it was a terrible shame. I loved that part. I love that part when he started from like, and he fed a certain kind of meagerness in men and then what you just said. And then he's just like, God speed my brother and God bless. Like that was my favorite part. Ah, it's great. It was amazing. God, the writing. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I like that he was truthful. You know, he, he didn't, mince its words you know it was i think it's that's important it is and that's what's wrong with the fucking world everything that he just said yeah it's accurate to reality as well as logan everybody kind of had their chance to do that like to say i love you but i don't forgive you like what Shiv said or what you know what the kids said on the phone yeah yeah when mm-hmm. he was dying in 403 like it's the same kind of thing they got a chance to say like here's something good but also <laughs> right here's the truth yeah yeah roman was the only one right that didn't he didn't say oh like we were a bit shit oh he didn't give him shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> although he did already call him before and say are you a cunt <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, right. Oh, yeah. that's right he left the message <laughs> done that part before (laughs) yeah Yeah, true it's interesting that we never find out you know if he heard it or not he must have looked at his phone and been able to tell i don't think he heard it but i'm surprised it wasn't a big point for roman you know yeah did i kill my dad with that voicemail (laughs) i really don't know even if he had heard it like that wouldn't have been the factor like he gets called a cunt probably on a daily basis i mean yeah (laughs) 
more than a daily basis I'm sure oh yeah I just I really love you and I don't think I can say that enough I think he's my favorite me too I like I wish we had seen him more but I feel like every time we see him it kind of like impacts you you know you remember the scene mm-hmm. yeah agreed like midway through seasons I'm always like god I hope Ewan comes back I really like because <laughs> he's not in it as much yeah he's so great mm-hmm yeah, and then after his speech, Roman like already looks kind of paralyzed. So Kendall double checks. You're, you're going to say the other side, right? Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed the way that they phrased that. That's not everything. And then Frank even checks on him. You okay, son? Yeah, I pre-grieved. Not your son. <laughs> That's a not your son. Yeah. <laughs> not your son. <laughs> yeah. Add it quickly. He was just trying to be nice. Like, oh. I know. He's used to it, I think. It was the same that what we were saying before about Frank kind of like trying to pa- like kind of parent them a little or like be like an uncle to them or yeah. something like really sweet. Yeah. Right. And I didn't know, but we mentioned earlier that he said he's going to hit on Marshall on the way up in response to Kendall's concern. And then when Ewan sits down, Greg compliments his speech. He says, that was a good hard take that you gave. <laughs> yeah. <Dear>. yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Greg. <laughs> Still so funny the way he talks. And I was like, yeah, you best get back in with him. He should have stuck with him in his 250 million promise inheritance in the first place. I know. Could have kept his soul, too. Yeah. He's so crazy. Like, honestly, worst decision ever. Ever. Yeah. And now for Roman's train wreck. He starts stuttering, obviously choking, and finally calls the siblings to come to him, which I thought was really sweet. And they all come, even Connor. And then he has his full-on breakdown, asking if Logan's in there, can we get him out? Oh my gosh. Even Caroline looks fucking sad, even his mom. She doesn't get up or anything. Yeah. But I'm glad she doesn't, but watching... Like, this is so heartbreaking that it even made her feel feelings. I was crying. Yeah. And and, and how on earth are they going to decide their Emmy submissions? Like, Karen specifically was so fucking good All in so many different episodes this season. I would not be able to choose one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this one. Yeah. yeah, me too. This breakdown was unbelievable. I, like, yeah, and the ending? This one. Yeah, and the ending. There have been several points, you know, making the podcast where I, like, forget about my notes you know, like where I'm just I'm yeah. trying to like take notes, and then all of a sudden I'm I'm like like this episode and then episode four hundred three. Yeah, I just remember both Same. both times like just forgetting to even worry about thinking. You know, I got so sucked into what was happening and so yeah. like emotional about it. Right. And this episode, that was the moment where I was like a completely abandoned. Like my notes basically like stopped here, and I had to go back yeah. and like, figure out what I was gonna say because yeah. I was like I got so sucked in, and his performance yeah. was so incredible. I know, same thing. That was me during both the speeches. I was like, oh wait, I didn't write any notes. Rewind. Go yeah, back. <laughs> so good. Um, and Karen never he didn't rehearse this. And it's not something that, like, he often does or ever does even, but he said he, like, mm, mm-hmm. for this particular scene, he wanted to just experience it and, like, feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was, like, nervous. He was extra nervous about that because, like, you know, Mark, my lot is, like, let's do this one long take. We're going to do it one time all the way through. And he didn't had rehearsed it and he didn't know if he was capable of, like, not rehearsing it and then delivering. But Jesus, like, he delivered, like, unbelievably. Mm-hmm. I just was really blown away. Yeah, the is he in there thing about the casket was the moment for me where I was just like, nope, I'm just done. I gotta just... Oh my god, can we get him out? Yeah, can we get him out? Oh, it's, it's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. He definitely did not pre-grieve. Nope. No, yeah, that didn't... Don't try that. Yeah. It's, it's also like, I feel like grief really does, like, 
you know, one day you feel fine, not fine even, but like the way he's been acting. And then one Mm -hmm. day it fucking hits you like a tsunami, you know? And so I thought that that was accurate. They've had so much stuff going on too. They've been like very distracted from thinking about it. Right, right. They've been so busy. Yeah. And I was surprised too, in the same interview I was reading with Kieran, he said that Jesse came to him during like episode five and he was like, I think I fucked you up with the like pre-grieving trajectory. I don't think that that would be how Roman would react. Like, okay. And Kieran was like, no, no, like you can be totally fine one day and totally fucked up the next day. I think, you know, you're doing great. Just keep writing. And this was a perfect moment to just lose it, you know? I mean, it's the worst moment ever to just lose it, but for the television show, for the sake of the show, it was great entertainment. And the fact that he reminded us about the pre-grieving as he's walking up right as he's about to break down. Yes. Yeah, good call. It was a well-timed thing to say. Yeah. Right. I could not tell, though, if Jerry was sad or annoyed. She looked, like, more annoyed to me than sad, maybe. But I, I feel like she was feeling bad for Roman. I really did. Yeah. I think she, she even though they've, like, you know, had their... Right, they're, like, at war. Fights, I feel like they were still close at one point, And, you know, you can feel bad for someone, like, even if you're not close anymore. Right, I don't know how anyone can watch that and not feel bad for them. Yeah. Right, you're seeing such an honest emotion from him there. and like Although, apparently, Ray didn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's videoing it somewhere in the audience. But then when, when they're looking at the video, obviously you can tell Jerry, like, was... Because she's like, oh, don't... Yeah, don't. thank God for Jerry and Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Carl was awful. Oh, so mean. So I think she must have been feeling bad at this point, too, just because of, you can tell that she was then as well. Right. And the siblings have a quick discussion over the crying Roman. I also like the Kindle and wrote, like, the hug between Kendall and Roman just like collapses on him. And they're like, somebody's got to see the other side still. And it turns out it's going to be Kendall. And he crushes it. Roman's got to keep Kendall around like just for the public speaking. He's so pulling speeches out of his ass is like yeah. the thing that he's the best at. Yeah. Can you imagine that skill? They're incredible. Like, they're so good. I mean, the words that he used, like, who says corpuscules in the middle of a speech? I literally said, what the fuck does that mean? I have that note. What does it mean? Yeah. Same. I had to go, like, look it up. Yeah. But it's like, he just pulled that together from his brain, like, with no prep. That's crazy. It's incredible. I didn't understand. I had to watch that speech, like, twice at least, because I was just like, what is he saying? Like, at one point, I just did not understand. Like, I think the first part of it, I was just like, huh? Like, everyone's (laughs) really obviously impressed. Like, I can see that Matson looks impressed, Menken looks impressed by the speech. And I'm just like, what? But what is he actually saying? What is he saying? And then, like, towards the end, I was like, oh, yes, he's using simpler words for me. Thank you. Yay. (laughs) Violet, you got to tell me what the word means corpuscules yes it says a minute body or cell in an organism oh my god so a minute particle regarded as the basic constituent of matter or light oh yeah so he starts to use roman's notes but then he just goes off the cuff which he does the best he focuses on the business angle not the father angle look at the lives and the livings and the things that he made that he built he built so much there's always a million reasons not to do things but he was never one of them Caroline didn't like the part when he said, he made me and my three siblings. Did you guys notice from that yeah. point? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he said, yes, he had a terrible force about him, but it was only human, the will to be and be seen and to do. And Kendall hopes that that magnificent, awful force is in him. He ends by saying there wasn't a room on earth Logan couldn't walk in and be comfortable. He was comfortable in this world and he knew it. 
And it was just such a fucking good speech. Uh, it didn't lie either, you know? He was honest, but he focused on this incredible empire that he built and what a force he was. Yeah, I I think my f- favorite part, and now people might want to tend and prune the memory of him to denigrate that force, that magnificent, awful force of him. But my God, I hope it's me. Because if we can't match his vim, then God knows the future will be sluggish and gray. Yeah. I um I don't know. Do you reckon that will be like a maybe a foreshadowing to the end of the season? I feel like Roman really wants to step up, but he's just I just don't ever see him doing that. And Kendall, like even though he's fucked up, you know he really does. He is the one that he knows stuff can manage it. He just he's smart that way. Like he might, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like Roman's just not there. He's just not. And it's not, it wouldn't be good for Roman either, I don't think. Nah. No. I don't think it's good for Kendall either, but. I think he thinks he wants to be like Logan, but he, he I don't think he really does. He doesn't. Like, no. Right, yeah. I agree. But maybe, like, actually together that they could have, you know, balanced each other out well, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, you can see. Yeah, there's too much competition between them forever and ever. Like, it's too much in their history that yeah. they wouldn't be able to work together, I don't think, without trying to hurt the other. Right. And when Kendall sits down, Shiv has still has one story she wants out there. At first, I thought she was leaving to go to the office. <laughs> it's like, this is so weird. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Where are you going? What the fuck, fuck is happening? Did Tom die? <laughs> uh, but no, she just wanted to tell a story about them as kids playing outside his office when Logan would come out and yell at them in a terrifying way. I was like, this is a great story. I know. <laughs> to be honest, like, even when it was done, I'm like, wait, why did she feel like she had to get up there and say that? Unless she just wanted to say goodbye to him. Because it's a lot like the phone call that she has in the third episode where she's just like, it's okay, but you suck. I think it's just, she just needed to add her own memory of it to Mm -hmm. the moment. Since multiple people had gone up and said their, you know, the memories they had. It was like her piece of the puzzle kind of that she needed to add for herself and for closure, I guess. Yeah, and... It was a good analogy, too. As she points out, for the rest of their lives, he kept them outside. But when he let you in, when the sun shone on you, it was warm. Uh, And then she continues to say how hard it was to be his daughter. He was hard on women. He couldn't fit a whole woman in his head is a great line. I really like that. Just can't respect them for being equal to the men. Yeah. Don't think it really helped shine shine much of a light on Luke. (laughs) I'm glad she went up and spoke. It definitely was not overall flattering. Yeah. But she ended it with, he did okay. You did okay, Dad. We're all doing okay. Uh, actually, she ends it with, goodbye, my dear, dear world of a father. Mm-hmm. Which is sweet. I was just going to say, I can't remember if it was after Kendall sat down or after Ship went um, and sat down, but there was a look that um, Ewan like, gave the kids. It was after one of the speeches, but it's like he... You could see him thinking in his head, like, it's like he felt really sorry for them and, like, hearing their stories as well and how Kendall spoke of him. And, yeah, I just really liked how they showed that little shot of you and looking at the kids because you could really see he was thinking. Processing their viewpoint, kind of. Yeah, it was interesting that they uh, they showed that. I really liked that. Yeah. Roman's sobbing again as they start to take the casket out, and Colin looks so sad. Oh my god. I know, right? He was crying. And Minkan reaches out as Kendall walks by to tell him that his speech was wonderful. And then again, like, a few seconds later at the doorway to tell him that it was perfect. Like, you can tell that the speech really 
really struck a chord with Minkin and impressed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Matson too, I think we mentioned as he was watching. We didn't mention it, but that the clapping that happened after that speech, Roman was so pissed. <laughs> like yeah. you can tell that he was so mad <laughs> that people were clapping it. Oh man. But it was also like uh, the Living Plus episode, right? When he decides not to yeah. speak and then Kendall uh-huh. hits it out of the park and then Roman's obviously upset and like leaves angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But yeah, Kendall's just he's the speech maker. Madsen being impressed with Kendall's speech here, I feel like was even more impressive because even though he saw the Living Plus speech, this time he saw like the breakdown and the save part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like he saw the right. part where Kendall had to like come up there and save it. Come out of nowhere. Yeah. With nothing prepared. Right. Mm-hmm. And how well he played like in the moment, um, like when the pressure was on. So yes. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree. Hugo's still gathering intel for Kindle, tells him of Shiv's plan with Matson, and then they drive to the mausoleum. Logan got on clearance for five mil. Kindle comments <laughs> that this is a great deal. It is, I guess, you know, for a billionaire, that does seem like a great deal. He's like five yeah. million, like forever. It's not like rent. <laughs> that's that's so expensive, man, for one of those things. I don't know. That thing is fucking massive. I I don't I have no idea how much and it, and it holds like I don't know how many people, but more than one. Yeah, there was a few. I'm not, I'm actually on Kendall's side. Yeah, the way they're like standing there just staring at it together, like the shot of them both just like looking up at it or all of them just looking up at it, like, yeah, that's a good deal. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) As a piece of real estate. What did Connor say? Like it was from some like pet supply guy that he built it or something. Yeah. 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 Very weird story. Yeah. It's interesting that Connor knew about that as well, because like you would think that he would be like, maybe like even the last person to like get that information but i know like i was picturing he's like oh he didn't like send you a picture so then i'm picturing like his dad connor yeah. and logan like texting he's like yeah. look what i got like <laughs> this mausoleum i want to see that text chain yeah it could have been inspired by connor always wanting him to do the cryo thing to the uh, like, yeah talking about death all the time maybe connor was like texting him come on and then he was like no i bought this you know like, <laughs> logan was like stop with the cryo i already bought this five million dollar mausoleum like we're done with this actually that makes sense the most likely conversation that happened you're right <laughs> I thought it was funny when Shiv asked if he was in a bidding war with Stalin and Liberace. It's the kind of people you can picture in that thing. And the tax write-off comment was good, too. She says something yeah. where you can write it off because it's technically <laughs> residence. a residence. Yeah, that was funny. It was interesting when Connor said he thinks he just didn't want to go into the ground. Yeah. Seems like a Logan thing to not want. I really enjoyed the siblings inside the mausoleum discussing like the extra drawer availability. Connor calling the top bunk. Yeah. And Shiv laughs at the idea of finally getting to know dad. While Kendall says, I couldn't even finish a scotch with him. So eternity might be a little long. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to stay in there with Logan. Just Connor. Connor and Willa and Logan for eternity. Oh, yeah. Willa would love that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I feel like Willa is like practical enough. She'd be like, I don't care. Sure. You can have, we can do that. Carrie, Carrie would go in there with him. Oh, yeah, totally. Maybe he could just have all his like wives and mistresses in there. Oh, man, there's some space for that. Yeah. And then Peter, Peter Munyon can like buy one next to it and like he can like have his own little one. I feel like Peter Munyon would take Caroline's spot because there's no way Caroline's going in there. <laughs> yeah. 
I liked earlier in the episode when Shiv told Peter, like, Dad really liked you, you know? Like, obviously, completely. Oh, that, yeah, that was funny. Bullshit. And Roman admitted that Logan even made him breathe funny. It's very uncomfortable around your father if you can't breathe. Like, self-conscious about everything you're doing, including your breathing. Yeah. Then they have the final little ceremony, and once it's all finally done, Shiv makes the last joke. She's intrigued to see how he gets out of this one. And Roman's still completely overwhelmed, and he runs into the car. Um, Shiv gets up and asks Frank and Carl if Dad was really... It seems like she's asking if he was as bad as he seemed. Yeah. And they don't lie. They say, what you saw was what you got. But she's disappointed. After she walks away, Carl looks to Frank. He's like, right? Like, right. <laughs> I really love that bit. It was so funny. I feel like they kind of sugarcoated it a tiny bit, but like... Definitely. He was actually worse than you thought? Yeah, exactly. And that's what I thought they meant like afterwards when we saw that little bit. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Shiv saw pretty bad like yeah she knows how bad he was oh yeah i think frank said he he said he was a salty dog he was but he was a good egg that's what frank said <laughs> mm. and he did not believe that like at all no the good egg part was definitely <laughs> a bit of a sugar coating like you said <laughs> yeah no it's just it it's so it shocked me though that shiv would still be chasing that you know at this point yeah even after he's gone i think she's just trying to cling to any kind of any kind of goodness she wants him to be better than he was yeah well also she probably knows that most people were never really honest while he was alive about what they thought so it's like now yeah. that he's gone she's hoping to get the real story kind of yeah mm-hmm. yeah because i think she wants the honesty but she is like still holding on to this tiny sliver of hope that honesty is better than she thinks it's gonna be yeah mm-hmm. which is crazy because like yeah what does she think they're gonna say <laughs> It's all sad. And then Marsha approaches Shiv for a moment, which was also like a nice moment because they've never gotten along. And Shiv's, you know, being normal with her. Marsha's great in this episode. Yeah, she's awesome. She's so sweet. Yeah, she had a heart this episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Marsha points out he broke all of their hearts. You know, they have they have that in common. That was, I loved that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which made Shiv cry more. Uh, but Kendall's back to business. Hugo makes a good Star Wars rough. And Kendall tells him to leak to the media that the family doesn't like the deal. He even spells out the explicit plan is to fuck the deal and I will rule the world. You could come as my dog and the scraps from the table will be millions. Hugo answers with a woof. And then there's some scary dark music. Oh my god, yeah. The music yeah. is so ominous. Uh-huh. That's not going to go well. Yeah, it was like whoa like creepy it's the first like i notice music a lot because it's really good in this show but this was the first time this episode where it like really struck me and i was like oh shit that's telling you something yeah because i feel like we haven't heard it that dark before you know what i mean like yeah Mm. yes at the reception kendall calls colin out for seeing a shrink like that's any of his business but he's using it to offer him the job if he works for Kendall, Kendall can be his shrink. That sounds promising, right? Colin really seemed grateful for that, though. Did you guys think? I think so, yeah. He needs purpose again. Agreed. Yeah. But it's so shitty to, like, talk shit to someone for seeing a shrink. Oh, my God. And he sees one in the middle of the night. He called therapist. So it's bullshit, too. I love how these, these things get around as well. Like, who's telling, like... Who's kind yeah. of telling that know. someone's telling someone else that someone's seeing, like, what? It has to be, like, the company, like, it has to be someone they have on staff. 
to as a therapist i guess that's like or that's not taking in like hipaa <laughs> like they're violating all of obviously stuff, like, yeah telling right. everyone everything yeah now Minkin arrives and the Roy's attack. Kendall wants to give his thoughts to Minkin and Minkin thought he was just the sound system. Now he wants to choose the track. Kendall wants to know when he's busting the deal and he's alarmed when Minkin says he'll try to help. New word introduced. Try. Not good sign. Greg attacks then and does Tom's bidding. Tom called it and I relate it. Like immediately spitting out the words he's supposed to. And then Roman joins and Minkin calls him the grim, the grim weeper. <laughs> Grim Weeper, Tiny Tears. I was like, yeah. <laughs> He got him back so mean. The, what did he call it? What did he say last time? Hey, you fucking loser. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Loser losing or something, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. It actually makes a lot of sense now. I was surprised Kendall had a little brotherly moment there, like the last episode when he stands up for Shiv against... Especially given what he's about to do in the next... <laughs> I know. <laughs> so why did he bother? It's very strange. It's like only I can be mean to my brother, kind of thing. Maybe right. like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Connor joins. He wants to talk about Slovenia, and Shiv comes to play the extraction team. It was just like a lot, as every like Roy comes like one at a time in quick succession to attack Megan. I was, I was, I felt overwhelmed. Yeah, once again, so pathetic and embarrassing for them that they're all ganging up on him like that. Yeah. Um, so Shiv takes him over to Matson and introduces Matson and Minkin. Um, and Kendall sends Hugo over to spy on them. The intro goes well. Minkin's concerned their ideologies clash, but Shiv tells him that her feelings are irrelevant. Their audience respects Minkin and she respects their audience. I just like when um, Minkin was like, what is your philosophy to... Matson and he was yeah. like privacy pussy pasta. <laughs> what did she call it? A something parmigiana. Parmigiana, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember when in Kendall's birthday episode in um season three, Matson's sitting there really bored, and Kendall's like, "What can I get for you?" And he says something similar to that. He's like privacy pussy pasta. I feel like he says that exact word or something really similar. He definitely says pussy. And maybe pasta or pizza, something like that. But yeah, it was like a, that's always been his philosophy. <laughs> I I was surprised to find out the intro went well enough for him to like fully side with them after this, right? Like even after yeah. he was impressed by Kendall's speech and everything, all it took was that little chat. I mean, I guess maybe after being completely bombarded by all the other ones acting desperate and then this was more of a normal conversation and it's like, okay, well... Yeah, I mean, that could be what it's like. Just hearing from all the Roy's constantly sounds very unappealing. Yeah. I think he also, obviously, with, like, what what happened with Roman, how he couldn't in that moment. I know it was his dad's funeral and things and people break, but, you know, these, kind of, these kind of people don't care about that kind of stuff, you know? It's, oh, no. They're like... That's true, yeah. It was yeah, very detrimental that he choked there in front of all those people, as sad as it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sees him as weak, a lot weaker now, I guess. Now we've seen that happen. Definitely. Every time we get an exterior shot of the city, you hear crowds and horns blaring also in this episode. Like, there's a lot of unrest going on still. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there was, like, fireworks earlier as well. Yeah, right. Uh, In fact, Tom enters and calls it a bit Tianmen... Tianmen... I can't even say it. Can you say it? I was trying to, like, say the actual word to get, like, 
some grounding here. Tiananmen, right? That's how you say it. Tiananmen space E. Tiananmen E. There you go. Tiananmen E. <laughs> Tiananmen E. There. We got it. We got there. And he and Shiv shockingly make up, sort of. But first she chugs champagne in his face. And he struggles to decide if that's okay. And then he settles on whatever Shiv's going to Shiv. But he does want to know why she didn't tell him before. And she gets a little teary saying it just seemed so sad. That's why she didn't tell him. And then they were in the honeymoon phase. And he says, taking your potential dad for a test drive. So he's still kind of being a dick. Um, And then her mom walks up and congratulates them. Tom's funny. He's like, yeah, if it wasn't such a total fucking disaster, it'd be a dream come true. And then mommy tells Shiv that momming is hard, which is pretty fucking amazing coming from her. As Shiv points out by saying she's going to raise it the family way, not see it. <laughs> they don't grow. They don't grow up emotionally scented, do they? Oh, I shouldn't think so. That whole scene was really funny between the two yeah, of them. Like, it was funny. I like when Shiv said to Tom that he wouldn't have dared miss Logan's funeral if he was still uh, alive. Oh yeah, <laughs> so true. So, right? Yeah, so true. And this is what I mean, though. Like the writing of this episode is just incredible. There's so many lines I can't even. I can't even write them down. And then Tom gets like super serious and apologizes for not being at the funeral and really sweetly starts crying about being on the plane with Logan and saying goodbye. And then Shiv can like tell he's just losing his shit because he hasn't slept in days. And mm-hmm. she tells him to go to the apartment because he's apparently moved into the hotel. I also really like the way he says the people at the hotel know him and he hates it. He doesn't like it. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah. It was, he was so cute in that scene. And they like, it seems like maybe they'll get back together, which we thought was impossible two episodes ago, right? Or at least maybe, like, co-parent. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they may not. I could be totally wrong, but I'm kind of hoping they do get back together. Yeah. I was surprised that from last week, like, I guess it's Logan Funeral and stuff, but I was still kind of shocked that they were being, well, kind of nice to each other, like, not yelling at each other. It's more of this forgiving stuff. Like, everybody's so forgiving except Jerry. Jerry's the only grudge holder in the whole show, it seems. She's the only one that's just, like, not not accepting Roman's shit. Mm-hmm. And Lucas calls Shiv to tell her they got a yes from Minkin. Oh, shit. Now Shiv's on top. Every episode, someone new is on top, so she should have waited for the next episode for her win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it flops, like, every between every day. Like, yeah. it's a yeah. person that feels like they're gonna take over uh roman's sitting by himself wallowing and gets over and makes him feel worse about himself keeps telling him that he fucked it like 10 times and it's gonna come down to the boys versus shiv at the board meeting sounds like a fun finale but it was just so fucked up that he made him feel so much worse about it and he was probably like excited to see his brother come over like because he likes being around his siblings mm-hmm. for whatever fuck reason and they had like such a sweet moment actually in the church and it was like yeah. it was so surprising because I feel like Roman was more like he was secure in his emotions almost for a second because he was like it's right. okay they supported me they helped me get through that and now Kendall yeah. is like just double birds oh I hate it so much I hate it so he much. did say he still needed him there so they <laughs> that was one thing yeah you should go side with Shiv I don't know I'm really sad I want Roman to just go move to like the country somewhere and never speak to them again honestly yeah <laughs> They all need to do that. But he, like, depends on them, I think, more than the others do. Yeah, that's a good point. I think they're the only people in his life. And even though it's a totally fucked up relationship, like, Mm -hmm. he cares a lot about them and wants to be with them and near them. 
Uh, anyway, um, so that was awful. And then the old guard are watching a video replay of Roman's breakdown, which is so fucked up. Jerry agrees with me. Frank, too. Come on, Carl. Uh, yeah, I, I did appreciate it. at least that Jerry and Frank were like appalled. And Ray took that video, who was like the, the guy who's on the plane. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Roman gets masochistic and walks out to heckle the protesters, eventually jumping the barrier and getting elbowed in the head and then a little bit trampled before the episode ends. For some reason, that whole scene, like I was just thinking, it reminded me of the Joker, just like his non-caring and like the way he was acting like a maniac and didn't give a fuck anymore. And he was just like, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, like going through the crowd, just yeah. The kind of like the overhead shot of him, just like fetal position on the ground, was pretty great. Where everybody's just walking over him, and he's just like laying on the ground. Do you think he wanted something to happen to him? Kind of, yeah. Like, what do you think was behind that whole thing? I think like I just hate he just hates himself so much, and Kendall just pushed it over the edge. He thought, like you said, that maybe it was okay because they all like were really nice to him about it and supportive. And turns out that was like fake. And Kendall thinks he's a total loser. Ugh. Yeah, I think it's like that. I mean, he's looking for something to feel something different, I guess. So yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. going out there, it's like he's in- trying to instigate people to react so that he can feel like. Well, it's just he ha- he can take out his anger first of all on people. Yeah, but right. then if they if they hurt him or do something to him, then that's what he can focus on instead of focusing on how his brother hurt him. Yeah. I he said that um they filmed it, they could only do I think like one take before it was like too late in New York to be loud or something, which makes no sense to me at all in New York. But so they I think they used that take and then they did a few more, but had to like be quiet. I don't know. It was weird. It was good. It was upsetting. That was the goal, right? Isn't that the goal of every scene in this fucking show? They they succeeded. All right. I think that's a wrap on our discussion of season four, episode nine of Succession. Come back next week for the finale. Oh my God. The finale. This is really sad. I love the show. Sad that it's ending. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.